Hey there, welcome to She's Dressed for the Narrow Gate. This is Brittany and I am very thankful that you have landed here and I hope that you hang out with me. But if you are a listener that listens sometimes driving and there's kids in the car, this might not be the episode that you want to do that with. I know anything like my kids, they'll be like, ew, what's that? What's that? Or with my tween, almost teen, she knows the terminology. Honestly, we have frequent discussions about sex and what it's made for and everything because, I mean, you have to almost really beat the world to a discussion you know, and before it gets distorted and it's not uh, biblically based. So she knows the terms. However, anytime anything comes out about sex, she's like, ew, gross. You guys still do it. And so this is not that <laughs> this is not the episode for for the little ones um, to be listening in because there are going to be parts that I am going to talk about sex and uh, where that fits as you if you are a wife and listen let me just start off here disclosure statement i am not and i I was not a virgin before i got married i had uh not only sex before marriage with one person but multiple people i mean i just wasn't like out there but i fornicated and this is like literally no judgment however this discussion is not for the unmarried this is really for married women from the sexual standpoint for so it can't be like oh you know what I'm gonna use that for my boyfriend no you're not not from this episode you're not but what you can glean and take from this is just some basic principles that man I wish I would have been listening to some married women honestly the holy spirit always corrects me when i say that even as i say it now that Brittany, you weren't teachable and i and i wasn't but i'm just saying ideally i wish i was teachable to have listened to married women because it would have helped me select the husband that i selected it would have helped me make wise decisions i didn't but you know the lord can redeem and restore so where we're going to what we're going to talk about is um submission Ew, right? I mean, just the the term just sounds, I do better with it, but it's not like a Wonder Woman movie. It just has such a bad rap, I feel, because it just doesn't feel powerful. It doesn't feel like She-Ra. However, God adores it. And anything that God is going to assign for us to do and anything that God is going to emphasize for us to do, then man, we better... We better start wrapping our minds around, okay, God, this this is beautiful to you. So even though I don't like it because it's it's not me in the driver's seat, then what is the purpose of submission? So just by definition, it is to place under. I mean, pretty basic, right? To place under, but it's but if you kinda what does that mean from the standpoint of marriage? Because submission is is not just for the environment of marriage. It is with your job. It is as a parent. Uh, it is as, you know, my kids. It is um, it is, is even with me, with my parents. I'm almost 40 years old and and still honoring, right? And still honoring and, and, and being loving to them in that, in that standpoint, in, in that context that applies again to just so many people of an authoritative position over you so if you serve at church and I don't know if you have the same heart issue that I have but I have pride I mean just 
being honest, I do. It's it's one of my bents and, and the Lord is just truly helps me with that all the time by humbling me. But I don't know if your marriage had any of those major those major like flagrant type sins that are just so obvious, whether it's drinking, it's drugs, it's porn, infidelity, etc. Any of those big ones, right? Or if it has these heart level sins. So I remember so we've been married almost 14 years and we had did counseling before it was a failure. And anyways, we moved here from Michigan in 2009 and we started counseling. We had visited some different churches. We, we went to counseling with our current church pastor, Dr. Conway Edwards, and he like ripped me a new one. And I actually was really mad at him, like just, and again, because I'm more internal and I had a process, I just like put up walls and shut him down internally. I didn't verbalize it, but it was going on internally in terms of, mm-mm, I don't know, he's, I don't accept or agree to anything he is saying right now. But what he was getting at now, Holy Spirit enlightened me later, that is so key and so important because even though Eddie had the flagrance, a few of the flagrant sins that I wanted to highlight and focus and say how he wrong he was because of this, 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 and this, he was like, yeah, but look at your heart. Look at, look at how well you're loving or not loving your husband. You know, just he really dug into my pride. He really dug into my submission. So this is a big deal, ladies, because again, even if you don't have any of the flagrance, how does your heart look? That's really the whole, one of the basis of this podcast for me is it, I love to encourage in this way because it is such a big deal to the Lord. And when you think of to place under or putting all of yourself, and I wrote down knowledge, opinions, feelings, understanding, everything under this authoritative person and in the context of this podcast, your spouse. So we're essentially deferring to our husband and it's not out of just duty. It is a duty, but it's it's not just, okay, I guess I gotta, you know, I tell my kids that. Like, it's not even just doing it. I want you to do it with excellence. Like, don't, if you come to my door, it is a big difference if you come to my door and say, hey, Brittany, how are you doing? Or, hey, I just, you know, just want to say, hey. I mean, it's a difference, right, in how you have presented. So am I, am I, truly submitting at all and then if then am I doing it lovingly am I doing it obediently as to the Lord so as unto the Lord is why that's the whole reason that we submit it's not because they're worthy it's not because they're right it's not because you know you you may have a husband who's not even saved but you chose him I mean, let's just, I mean, I'm not literally trying to st- throw stones here at the glass house because that was me, but that was literally the discussion internally. And actually then my anger turned more to myself to say, why did I choose this? Why didn't I do this? Why didn't I do that? And then I have now the faith to say, you know what? I did choose, sh- should have chose different, but the Lord redeemed and the Lord can turn things around. And 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 even if he didn't for nothing else, I, I had to start shifting my conversation that even if Eddie never changes, even if my marriage never gets better, man, I'm a new person. He has used this flawed husband and this horrible marriage to humble me and to help me walk in alignment. And he completely tore down the idol that I created, which was marriage, and put it in its right place. Yes, he created marriage, but it's not my source. 
Jesus. So he, Jesus is my source. So he put himself back Lord over my life. So he is the reason that we should do everything. So it is as unto the Lord. So if you know any level of Bible, you should know where we're going. Ephesians 5. So let's go. So Ephesians 5, 22. Actually, let's start at 21 because back to the same point. Um, I'll read it first. Um, Ephesians 5, 21. Submit unto the Lord. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Why do you submit? Out of reverence for Christ. And we both are. It didn't just say wife submit or husband submit. Submit to one another. So my serving of my husband, my obeying of my husband, my deference to him is because I reverently submit to God. Period. It didn't say anything on his resume or how good he is. He could be a horrible husband. He could be like unfaithful times 80, just jacked up. But I'm doing it out of reverence to Christ. So now it completely shifts the rationale for why you're saying, well, I can't do this or I'm not going to do this because, well, look what he does or look what he does or look what he does. But Jesus is saying, but, but follow me. Look what I'm doing. I'm doing something different. So you need to follow me. So that's why I want to start in 21, because that's so important that we have this vertical relationship with God and through our serving of him. So we're both servants. I'm a servant. Eddie's a servant. So we're both serving God through how we serve each other. And then it goes on to 22. Wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body of which he is the Savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their to their husbands in everything. You know, it's kind of really mad at Paul, if I can be honest. Like, why did you have to put the in everything? You couldn't have put the period like after submit to their husbands. You just had to put in everything just to make sure you comprehensively covered every basis by which he knew I was coming. He knew I was going to create a rationale. But now that you put in everything, I mean, man. There's like no gaps, right? So going back to what I wrote, knowledge, opinions, feelings, understanding, it all has to submit to the Lord. Submit to your husband as unto the Lord. So the touchy conversation for today and the context I wanted to use for today is sex because I don't consider it ironic that I have literally had four conversations in less than seven days with different people about sex and... It is like sex as well as just this submission issue. And it was like, okay, you know, praying about it, Lord, what do you want me to talk about? Because this is all about you. Um, I don't consider that just happenstance. That's just crazy that we wives just have to just battle and struggle with this. And it's like, you just have to just like get through again. It's just like a duty, right? I do though have a couple, two friends actually that are like anytime, any place, anywhere. Okay. They're like clearly the exception and God bless them. I love them, but that's not me. It has never been me, but this sex piece and I'm saying sex, the totality of sex. So you've got nestled under versions of, of your bedroom, you know, which is between you and your husband. Again, don't insert your, your boyfriend, your fiance, not yet. 
into this, but there's still things to glean from the principle of what I'm saying. So your bedroom, your sexual life, what does it look like? And we know that that God created man to need that. Like I'm good personally, but I know that my husband has needs that I need to fulfill and I need to serve. And it feels very, I feel guarded because, well, why do I have to serve him in this way when there is no dishes being washed, when he could have at least, you know, ran a load of laundry? You know, I mean, I don't know if you start rationalizing, but it just, you start to withhold, right? Or then when you're good, then you do have sex. It's like, it's a, becomes a game. And I don't even think it's something always consciously for me, but it's like, hey, this is a reward, like a dog, like you did good, here's sex, or you did bad, you, you did not do good, no sex. And God is like displeased with that. He's not happy with how we are not loving our husbands and not fulfilling their needs in that way. So I wrote here, do I care more about his needs than mine? And the hard answer is no, <laughs> I don't. I literally am just... Uh, about me, my comfort. And and I do usually think of him, but it's just inconvenience to me. So I know it's something I'm going to do, but it's going to be on my convenience on the day that I need. And you know what? Listen, we're almost 14 years in, so we have to schedule it. I mean, you can hate all you want. We have to schedule it. Now, clearly leave room for just, spur, you know, sporadic type things. But overall, we got too many kids, too busy of schedule. It just will not happen. It just won't. And, and, we used to be those people who were like the anniversaries, the birthdays, et cetera. And my husband has a wealth of his own heart issues and, and sexual, just generational curse issues. However, I didn't necessarily help it. You know, he has his own mess that he has to be accountable for. However, me having sex two times a year with you is probably not helping your issue. No wonder you over here with porn. Again, just fall back because before you rise up and say, oh, so I'm the reason why he does porn. No, mm -mm, mm -mm. that's him. However, there is a reason that we are supposed to fulfill that need. So if I know that I'm going to pull up to Chick-fil-A, why would I order my husband the number one chicken sandwich when I know he's going to want the number three nuggets, right? I mean, like, what is his, like, what does he prefer? What are his needs? How well are you serving him? I'm not going to order him something that I know he wouldn't order for himself or that he doesn't prefer for himself. And I don't know if your marriage is full of as much jacked upness. You know, nowadays I look at, it's so lovely with Instagram. I'll look at like highlights, how people can move their stories to highlights and I'll see the most beautiful like wedding and uh, marriage start or baby moon stuff. I was like, oh, that's so fun. But we got married in 2007. That was not going on then. But I think to myself, wow, we did not have that start. You know, I met Eddie in 99. We started dating in 2000. And even though we didn't get married till 2007, it's just like we have so much history and it's so jacked up, literally even on the day of our wedding we were dealing with some infidelity stuff. It is, it's just that bad. So there was never any like good period of the marriage until year nine. And I'm being completely serious right now. So we didn't have this good start ever. So the next question I wrote was, do I self-preserve or protect 
so I'm not hurt. Because a lot of my my decisions to not submit to my husband were out of me protecting myself. I am always protecting, first off, just we we all self-protect. We all commit the sin, whether you know it's a sin or not, we do it. Where it's like, mm, no, I am not going to love you because you did X, Y, and Z. Now, do you need boundaries with people? Absolutely. Absolutely. However, we never can violate love and not call it a sin because that's not Christ. So I have violated, which is what my pastor was getting into me about amongst my pride and my submission, was he was dealing with my self-preservation, that I trust me more than I trust God. And because I don't trust my husband and I don't trust God, well, I'm going to put all these barrier walls up. And sex was a big one of that. It was a big piece of that, partly because our story is infidelity. Why would I want to have sex with you when you're with like the whole world times 10? So that just doesn't even make sense, right? So again, my rationale, I'm not going to submit because you are you are you are untrustworthy and rationally that's just stupid like that doesn't even make sense to submit to you when i can't trust you so again that rationale bumps into the conversation and it's not just as easy as like walking down this you know yellow brick road of it's not easy i don't at all make this be a light conversation let's be clear at all this is very tough And the only way that you can do it, the only way you can pull it off is if you are submitted to God, submitted to Christ, and you are modeling Christ. So I don't know if your husband is like the, you know, all day long, you know, 15 times in all these 18 different positions, you know, with oral sex. Listen, I mean, I don't know what he, what he is. I don't know. That's between you and your husband. As if y'all don't work jobs, as you don't have five kids and two dogs, right? So it's like, who has time for for this? What is happening? But, and and the conversation does need to happen in a loving way that, listen, I want to serve you. I want to love you in the way that you need. I want to fulfill your needs. But this is where I'm at. This is how this makes me feel, or this is what this creates for me. It It really it becomes difficult for me to maintain that, right? And you have that loving conversation offline and then you submit that to the Lord because the Lord knows and sees it. And as we're going to read right now in 1 Peter 3, there is a part for the wife, but then there's a part for the husband. So it's not like, even even where we read with Ephesians, it's not like it's just wives. No, again, we're submitting and serving one another. So your husband is not serving you by having you, you know, with like a stripper pole in the room 18 times a day, knowing that you have other stuff that you need to fulfill. So it is a balance. But what I'm dealing with is your heart. Where is your heart in this? Do you trust God enough to submit to your husband? And even if he is an unbeliever, even if he has a toe into heaven, he just just got saved like two days ago and is not walking anywhere in alignment, you can still trust God with him. You can still be a model. And that's what I want to read. So 1 Peter chapter 3, and we're going to start in verse 1. Wives, in the same way, submit yourselves to your own husbands, so that if any of them do not believe the word, they may be won over without words by the behavior of their wives. When they see the purity and reverence of your lives, 
Your beauty should not come from outward adornment, such as elaborate hairstyles and the wearing of gold jewelry or fine clothes. Rather, it should be that of your inner self, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which, uh, which is of great worth in God's sight. For this is the way the holy women of the past who put their hope in God used to adorn themselves. They submitted themselves to their own husbands. Even actually, I didn't say it, but in Ephesians, as well as here, it's funny how it says own husband. It's like you supposed to be with your husband. Leave everybody else's husband alone. You know, everybody got their own stuff, their own little slice of the world with issues. And it's like, why are you over here complicating stuff? Stay with your own husband. You're going to have to hold account of that one day. Um, but do you notice how, remember how I say context. Context is huge with the Bible. How it started off, wives in the same way submit yourselves. Well, then you got to go back. It's like, what are they saying? What is, what is Peter saying here? So if you go back to 1 Peter 2, starting in verse 20, I, for the sake of time, I won't read it, but 20 to 25. It's talking, Peter is talking about this example that, listen, God does not get any glory when you are just super nice and just the best person when everybody else is great to you or when somebody is um, loving you very well, you're very loving. He doesn't get any glory or credit in that. But where he does get glory, where he does get credit is when people look at your life and say, how in the world are you with that guy? That joker is crazy. He is a nut and you are still with him. So God is going to get so much glory in that. And that's not just with your husband. That's with anybody. How are you that person at work that has not cussed anybody out, even though it's it is it seems right to do so? Right. So that's what that is talking about in terms of we are supposed to God is glorified when we suffer for doing when we when we when we suffer for not acting out in our defense. So if we're not wrong in in the in the circumstance, so I clearly am not the wrong party while my husband cheated on me, right? But how do I but in that suffering, I need to endure it and it'll be for God's glory. Now, through this there's counseling, there's accountability, there's community. There's there's other pieces to it. It's not just 1 plus 1 equals 2. There's other parts. You got to look at the whole totality. Do not try to walk through mess by yourself it's not going to work in isolation so but I love this part I do just want to point out in first Peter 2 verse 21 to this you were called to this you were called because Christ suffered for you leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps I love that I love it, but it's hard. <laughs> it's like a love-hate relationship. That is hard because it's like to this you were called. So why am I doing this to this husband that I would not have chose six years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago? Because you did choose him. I mean, there was no, you know, gun to your head, unless obviously you had some arranged marriage or something, but you chose them good, bad, or indifferent for whatever your reasons were. And even though you a changed person now and things weren't what you thought now, um, to this you were called. And let's say now you're divorced. Let's say now that that opportunity is gone. Okay, well, you you now are going to do better in moving forward because now you know better. So now you know, you know, there is grace, there is forgiveness um, in, in God. And now I know that I am not just going to quickly choose any guy that I know needs to be my head, my and, and my my authoritative head, so that when the day comes that I don't agree with him, you know, it's just whether can you please set your cruise control so we don't, you know, end up with a speeding ticket. I'm like, listen, I am the queen of speeding tickets. Like five, 
five, six years ago, I went on a string of that. And it's like, I am a cruise control person. So, you know, and it's mainly because I daydream, I listen to music, I start talking on the phone or whatever, and I'm not paying attention. And somehow I'm at 81. So I'm like, set your cruise control. And I glance over when I'm in the car with him, 78, 78, 79. I'm like, listen, set your cruise control. Why is this a whole argument? And the Holy Spirit is like, mm-mm, 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 stop, stop. Stop. Just let him get the ticket. Let him get the ticket. He gonna learn. He gonna be just like you because your butt had to get three tickets. And well, I got dismissed from one, a whole other one. I had to do this whole day class that I was like, man, I kind of would have just paid the money, but I didn't want the points. And then I finally got a speeding ticket and then I started setting cruise control. So look at the Lord. He redeemed and he taught a lesson. But all of that, whether I am in agreement on you setting cruise control or where or those big issues, I'm saying, can you nestle it and 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 trust God with 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 your fears, even in an untrustworthy husband? And then last part with First Peter, as we read um, in verse five, it says um, those holy women they put their hope in God. So why can we submit? Why can we do any and all of this, put ourselves under these, these husbands, whether they're, they're worthy or not? Because our hope is in God and we trust God. And as, and as I read, we're called to this. We're called this, this, this cross-bearing process in every way in life. That may be your cross. That may be the cross that you have to carry. So to ladies who are not married, who are listening to this, listen, this is a big deal. That, you know, before you're going to go choose a husband that, that looks like he's good, you know, have you really set yourself up with accountability and wise counsel and you guys together through counseling and wise counsel and mentor couples? Have you done all that? And even with all of those great steps, you're going to still run into issues. But God can still be glorified in all of that. But I, again, don't say any of this like this is just so easy and so light. But man, I, I think about how God is just going to get so much glory through our distinctive behavior, through our, through our distinctive submission as we're serving him. Remember, we're both servants, but even if he don't know he's serving yet, God ain't brought him, the Holy Spirit hasn't worked on him yet. You are. So we're working on these, how, these heart issues because, again, we're going to always work on this outward thing. Remember how Peter just talked about that, that it's not that you need to go around looking haggard. You know, go get your eyebrows done, get a facial, get your toes done, put some eyelashes on. You can do all those things, but he just is saying, listen, that's not your beauty. That's not your purity. That's not the reverent piece of your life because all of that outward stuff is going to go away. So it's not that it doesn't matter and you just need to look a hot mess, but you need to really work on the inward part, the inward beauty. It should, it, it should be this gentle, this quiet, this loving spirit. This, these, we're going to be women who have our hope in God. So I really pray that this has encouraged you. And I hope that you have a great week ahead. And it is Happy New Year pretty soon, a few more days from that. So Happy New Year.